Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome to Press This, the WordPress community podcast featuring exclusive content and interviews with leaders in the WordPress community, covering everything from development to integrating your digital marketing strategy with WordPress. Join host David Vogelpohl of WP Engine and special guests from across the community as they keep you up to speed on the latest advancements in WordPress. Let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on WMR. This is your host, David Vogelpohl. I support the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine, and I love to bring the best of the community to you here every week on Press This. As a reminder, you can follow me on Twitter at WPDavidB. You can subscribe to Press This on iTunes, iHeartRadio, or Spotify. And of course, you can download the latest episodes at WMR.FM. In this episode, we're going to be talking about amazingly approachable WordPress accessibility and quite appropriate uh, testing, should I say. And quite appropriately, with all those A's in the name, I'd like to welcome to Press This, uh, Amber Hines. Amber, welcome. Thanks, David. Happy to be here. Nice. I, I could not like resist the, uh, uh, what is that when you use alliteration? Like, alliteration. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, you know, my four-year-old taught me the word alliteration. I had never learned that word until uh, I was in my early thirties for whatever reason. Oh, really? You did? That's like, I feel like I remember writing poems in middle school or something where they, it was like forced alliteration just for the poetry. <laughs> I'm sure like I had a moment like that, but I feel like that like went the way of my knowledge about sentence diagramming. Like it's just <laughs> I'm using in today's world, um, but maybe instinctively using, I guess. Um, in any case, for those listening in this episode, uh, what Amber's 
going to talk about is, um, and she, Amber comes to us, she, one of the things she's created is the WordPress plugin, uh, the accessibility checker, uh, made by her company, Equalize Digital. But what she's going to share is her thoughts on uh, why building uh, accessible WordPress sites are important, how to test your sites for accessibility. We've talked a little bit about making your site accessible here on Press This, but really you want to dive in on the testing side here. Uh, and then as well as like what to do about those results. And you know, I think a lot of folks just unfamiliar. Um, Amber, to kick us off, I'm gonna ask you the same question I ask every guest and was also asked of you on your WordPress.org profile. Uh, but could you briefly tell me your WordPress origin story? Yeah, so I got started with WordPress um, back in 2010. I had a mommy blog and I started on WordPress.com and I very quickly realized I wanted to customize it more than I could do on WordPress.com. And so I figured out what self-hosting was all about. And, and that's how I got started with it was personally. And then it sort of grew into freelancing for friends initially, you know, maybe helping them for free, then realizing I could charge them. And then now uh, I run an agency. You know, it's so funny. We uh, have, I hear all every, a different origin story every week and um, rarely does .com come up. It's kind of funny, um, but uh, you're the second guest in a row. Um, last week we had Bridget Willard and, you know, her story was very similar, building a, a personal uh, kind of site on .com and then kind of growing into helping friends and eventually, you know, having a, an agency business. Uh, that, that story repeats so much in WordPress. It's such a, such a fun part of what WordPress means to people. What do you think about that? Yeah, no, I've, I feel like the community is really huge on that front. And that's one of the big benefits of WordPress is that you don't have to. With so many of us and so many people I have met at WordCamps or wherever, you know, we don't have computer science degrees. Uh, I, I have a philosophy degree, right? <laughs> uh, and, and that's what I think is, is super neat about um, just the project as a whole is that it's really welcoming to people. And then we, there's a lot of tools and tons of solutions and courses and blogs and, and you know, open source materials available that if you want to learn it, you can. And I, I think that's what really makes WordPress special. Awesome. And that was 2010. So that would have been right or you probably didn't realize this at the time, but that was right at the introduction of custom post types with custom meta, which was kind of this moment for me anyways, mm -hmm. when WordPress kind of becomes a CMS versus a, you know, a blogging platform. tool. Yeah, a blogging platform. It's kind of funny. I felt like widgets was when it became like a website platform. And then uh, CPTs with meta was what I consider to be like the CMS moment. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's, it's, it's really interesting. It, but you know, in these in these evolutions, though, there's this notion of accessibility, and you know, it means different things at different moments in time in the web and in WordPress in terms of like the tooling that's available and what you can do. But like, just real quickly, like, um, I guess, tell me a little bit about Equalize Digital and um, your your focus on accessibility, and kind of has it always been there? Yeah. So Equalize Digital is a we're a certified B corporation which means we are striving to do more. We are still a for-profit company, but we're striving to do more than just benefit ourselves as owners of the company. And we are we do accessibility consulting. We have our plugin accessibility checker, 
and we do audits and provide um, sort of like productized consulting and remediation assistance either to businesses, but increasingly we're doing a lot more of that with agencies and helping agencies to make the websites they build more accessible. And, and uh, we're actually a new WordPress VIP partner, which is sort of fun. Um, so we got into accessibility or I got into accessibility with my team back in uh, 2016 under our larger agency, which was called Roadware Creative. And we started working with some higher ed clients and uh, any federally funded website needs to be accessible at least to web content accessibility guidelines or WCAG 2.0 AA under section 508. And so that's really when I started learning about accessibility. And since then I've had the opportunity through we hire testers from Texas School for the Blind and Visually Impaired to really, you know, speak with some different individuals and learn from them about their experience navigating the web. And it's really, for me, brought to the forefront how important it is. And last year with COVID, when everyone went online and just, you know, the huge spike in e-commerce and online ordering from restaurants and things like that, it just even cemented further. And so we had a deep conversation and we made the pivot and the brand, the rebrand to Equalize Digital last year um, from our, our larger marketing agency to really just wholly focus on accessibility because we feel like it's so important right now. So you have you know, kind of started that focus here in 2016 with the experience in higher ed and then over time have kind of evolved your skill set and your company's skill set and really now specialize in it, including the plugin you mentioned, which we're going to talk about more um, here in a bit. Um, but it, it sounds like, you know, through and through, you found this as a passion and an area where you wanted to deliver value. Um, real quickly before our next break, like why, why from the high level do you think accessibility is important with websites? Well, I, I mean, if you, if you think about the history of the web, right, and how it has allowed us to be together, right? I, I'm sitting in my home right now. I'm guessing you're sitting in your home or maybe you're sitting in your office, depending upon where you are, right? And, and we are having a conversation. And the history of the web is really like bringing people together and making things more available to people. If you think about research or science or things like that. And I think accessibility is in the same vein. Um, it's almost, I think about it as sort of like the next wave from what SEO was maybe four or five years ago or like mobile responsiveness, right? Where it wasn't a thing and then everyone realized everyone's going mobile. We really need to make sure our websites work on mobile. Um, and accessibility is the same way. We need to make sure that everyone has access, the ability to purchase our products or to learn things or to register to vote, find a COVID vaccine, whatever that might be. So it's, it's a way that we can really equalize the internet. I love how you tied it into the kind of fundamental nature of the web of, you know, making information more accessible and really the transformative uh, way it did that. You know, uh, my, my career started in 1996. So I remember the, these times of transition. And I, I think it's really important that you noted it's really just an extension of that. Um, mm -hmm. It's not something new. It's just, you know, fulfilling that, um, that objective there or result you know, that, that we're, we're seeing with the kind of information being accessible. Um, and, and, and in this way, accessible, of course, to all. Um, I want to dive in a little bit, though, uh, to kind of get into the, the meat of this around testing. 
Um, but we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more Press This in just a moment. Here's the truth you need to know about podcasting. The biggest problem you face right now as a future podcaster is the myth that it takes an enormous amount of time or effort to produce a high-quality professional podcast. Luckily for you, there's a solution to your problem. If you're an online marketer who really needs to grow an audience of buyers but can't do all the heavy lifting alone, then here's the solution you're looking for. Introducing the DFY Podcasting System. Here's what you get. 30 minutes of one-on-one training. A weekly podcast for you or your company. Distribution to almost every podcast portal. An embeddable player for your website. An ebook called How to Podcast, created for WMR.FM show hosts. And much, much more. And best of all, you'll start seeing results with the DFY podcast system within a couple of weeks. You're just one podcast away from growing brand awareness and engagement in your business. Log on to podcast.wmr.fm and sign up for a deeply discounted rate today. That's podcast.wmr.fm. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs sends you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Let's press forward with more Press This, only on webmasterradio.fm. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on WMR. This is your host, David Vogelpohl. I'm interviewing Amber Hines about amazingly approachable WordPress accessibility testing. Amber, right before the break, you shared your thoughts about why accessibility is important, kind of fulfilling this vision of the web of making information accessible to all. I don't know if that's the official motto of the web, but maybe it should be. Um, but I kind of want to get into accessibility testing, though, the kind of meat of the interview here. Um, but when and how often um, should people run accessibility tests? Is this like a one and done all the time, sometimes? How and when should they be testing? Yeah, so the best parallel is you, you want to think about it almost like search engine optimization, which is it is an ongoing process. You don't just say, I made, I search engine optimized my website, I'm done, <laughs> right? Um, accessibility is the same way. It, it's, it's sort of a journey. If you're starting with a new build, it's a lot easier, especially because you can, if it's brand new, you're even doing colors from the very beginning, you can think accessibility first throughout every phase of the project from branding and design, development, launch, and then ongoing maintenance. But if you have a website that already exists and you wanna make it accessible, you wanna make sure that it's available to people, then you sort of have to start to think about how you're going to prioritize the process. We do things like making sure the important parts of the user journey are accessible. So cart pages, checkout pages, form pages, um, the home page, then we maybe look at an example of every different page template. So you'll look at one blog post, one category archive, the uh, about page, if it has its own special page template, whatever that might be. 
um, and then and then moving through pages based upon their traffic also. So prioritizing pages to get more traffic than not, but sort of thinking of this as a journey that happens. And then and even if you've remediated existing pages, you're probably adding new content to the website. So you really want to think about accessibility as you add any new content um, or as we become more aware and accessibility guidelines change in July, uh, WCAG 2.2 is going to come out and it's going to have some implement some uh, it's going to have some implications for WordPress and uh, and so it's sort of something that's kind of an ongoing activity that needs to be done. You know, it's funny to hear you draw the SEO analogy. I can't count how many uh, conference sessions I sat through where people said, you have to make it part of your practice. It's not just a one and done thing. It's like we're now mm -hmm. drafting all that education and now saying, okay, well, no, no, it's kind of the same with accessibility. And it's, it's really interesting that you frame it that way because that makes a lot of sense, right? You do the big audit in the beginning. You identify all your big problems. You squash as many of them as you can that first round, if, and hopefully all of them. Um, but then you might have another round to follow. And then kind of ongoing, you need to make sure you're not making the situation worse. And this mm -hmm. is where you talked about like having an accessibility first process. But it's, it's not just on the, the, the coding piece, right? Like you're thinking about it in the design side um, with things like color selection. And, and so you're, you're kind of broadening the scope a little bit about kind of who's responsible for thinking about accessibility. And there's, I mean, there's a huge part, part of accessibility that actually is on the content manager or the people who are entering content into the editor. Um, so we on our end typically or a lot of people think it belongs to developers, right? It's how it's coded um, or the plugin authors or theme authors. But even if you say you went to wordpress.org and you used a filter for accessibility ready and you found a free theme that's already been tested and proven to be accessible, if you don't enter your content into that theme in an accessible manner. So for example, if you are putting on your about page to contact us, click here, and all you link is the word click here, which then is ambiguous and someone on a screen reader doesn't know where click here goes, they don't have the context of the, the prior sentence, that then becomes an accessibility problem. So there is quite a bit of it actually that um, is really on content authors as they're editing or authoring posts and pages in WordPress. Yeah, to think about it from the screen reader's perspective and how, and at least in that context, um, they might be crafting their content such that presents an accessibility regression. Um, yeah, obviously really, really good point there. So in terms of like testing tools, um, you know, and I know you'd mentioned prior that you, uh, you and your company had made the accessibility checker plugin. Um, and I'm, I'm just curious and, and without naming names, but like, uh, what are the shortcomings of say other accessibility testing tools uh, for WordPress specifically uh, that led you to build the accessibility checker plugin? Like why, why make it? Yeah, so um, the reason why we made our plugin specifically is that we, when we do larger like government or higher ed projects, they're not, they're typically paying us to do the initial development of the website, but they're going to maintain it all internally because they don't have the budget to pay an agency to, you know, update all of their content. That's something they're going to take on. And we used to have a whole training all about website accessibility post-launch 
and we would hand them this PDF that said, every time you do this, here are all the things you need to do to ensure. And we just kept having these conversations. And, and again, like I, it, it is, it is a really interesting parallel to SEO, but one of the things I was saying is, you know, like there's Yoast is great because you put in what you're trying to rank for and it says, maybe you're doing a good job. Maybe you're not. Here's some things you can improve. And I kept saying, we need something right on the poster page edit screen so that our clients, when they are adding content, can see right there that these are issues that they have that they need to address and fix. Because having a PDF that they've saved on their desktop or they've even printed out, it's, they're always going to miss something. Now, what is what I do want to be clear about, though, is that automated tools, and we're very clear with ours on every report, it has a note about this. Automated tools can only check or identify between 30 to 40, maybe 50% of accessibility errors. And so automated tools are a really important part of an accessibility journey, but you still do have to do manual testing um, either yourself or having you know an accessibility consultant or an accessibility company come in and, and help audit or teach you how to audit. Um, but some other, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say that kind of makes sense because it was like if you, if you were someone who was able to see and wasn't relying on a screen reader, you might not, I think like an analogy for me that helps make it more sense, make it a little more sense is, the fact that like if you had automated software to tell you if your web page made sense or not, would you rely on it 100% of the time? And the answer is no, of course not. I would never rely on a machine to tell me if my page is giving the right message. And it sounds like the same kind of principle maybe applies in the accessibility context. Yeah, I, and there's just some things that it really does require human judgment. A really common one that you hear people identify is, and this is the same with ours, automated tools can tell whether or not you have a description in your alt for your images on a page, but an automated tool can't really assess if that description is contextually accurate and, and makes sense with related to all the text on the page and why that image was chosen. Um, another really great example is, um, so on a, on a screen reader, the, if you enter a, a list element, it will tell you this is a list and there are five items, let's say, and a navigation is typically a list. But what we frequently see in themes is that there'll be a navigation menu and then to the right of it, there's a widget area and somebody has put something that they want to style as a button in that right widget area next to the navigation menu rather than having let's say six items in their navigation menu and then they've used CSS to style it to look the last one to look like a button. They've put five items in their navigation menu and stuck a widget there and styled it like an, uh, a button. But on a screen reader, they would encounter the navigation. It would tell them you're going to hear five items. And then they wouldn't be presented as they were moving through. They wouldn't be prepared for that sixth item. But unless you are using a screen reader to test, you don't hear that visually it looks correct in the design of the web page, but you wouldn't realize that this could be confusing for someone who's on a screen reader um, because they don't have the context. And, and those are things that it's just, it, it can't be caught with an automated scan. Um, this so. reminds me so much of SEO and folks using things like H7s or something to, as, as, you know, basically a styling tool for content. Um, oh yeah, it, heading size and heading level is one of the most common problems we see 
<laughs> where people have just chosen it, like you said, because they're like, I want this to be bigger. I'm going to make this an H2. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. It's actually just a sentence that probably should be in a paragraph tag, <laughs> not a heading. Totally. Um, you know, and it's obvious, you know, especially as you kind of get into the weeds a little bit there. And I think for folks, you know, familiar with SEO optimization and thinking about a lot of the parallels, I mean, it's not one for one, but a lot of the parallels, the activities that folks do there. Um, and, and, you know, thinking about like how a lot of those skills can transfer and how that might, you know, make accessibility feel uh, less daunting to folks, you know, with those skill sets. Um, I want to dive a little bit deeper here and talk about, um, you know, your plugins specifically, but we're going to take our last break and we'll be right back. Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more Press This in just a moment. Ready to do a podcast for your business? Make that podcast elevate to enterprise level. Let webmasterradio.fm expedite and execute your podcast to build your brand and broaden your customer base. Webmasterradio.fm has worked with the world's biggest tech brands, Google, Yahoo, and Bing, and have worked with fast-growing brands like ShipStation and GoDaddy. Now it's your turn. Contact brasco at wmr.fm and rush your enterprise-level podcast into production at a very reasonable rate. Email brasco at wmr.fm. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Let's press forward with more Press This, only on webmasterradio.fm. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on WMR. We're in the middle of our episode talking about approachable WordPress accessibility testing. We're interviewing Amber Hines of the WordPress Accessibility Checker plugin. Amber, right before the break, we we're talking a little bit about, you know, kind of testing shortcomings and like how people should use testing and think about it kind of in their ongoing way, a little bit also relative to your plugin. I'm just curious, like, and I think you kind of answered it in describing how your plugin worked, but like, why did you make a plugin versus an external service? I know like a lot of accessibility tools kind of scan from the outside, but I think the answer is because you're giving them the feedback right in the admin interface. But tell me, is that it? Um, it's, it's a combination. One is yes, we wanted to get the feedback right in the admin interface, either on the poster page edit screen, or we have sections where you can see like site-wide overviews if you have the pro version of the plugin. Um, but the other big reason why is that we're trying, one of our goals is to sort of make accessibility more accessible for everyone. And there are some amazing tools out there, some of which we use and pay for, um, but they cost thousands and thousands of dollars per year. You have to pay or you have to purchase API credits and every single time you scan a page, you have to pay um, some amount of money or use some number of your API credits in order to do that. And really, when we were thinking about how, if we have this goal of we want to make the web more accessible, then it needs to be affordable and cost effective for smaller businesses and for nonprofits. And that's really where we're thinking this 
the plugin can come in because even if you buy our pro plugin, it's a very smaller fee than something where you're having to continually pay for API credits or per page scanning fees or thousands of dollars per year. Um, so, so that was one of our goals as well. Um, is to make it easier and more obvious in the admin dashboard, but also to make it more cost effective for businesses to help remove maybe some of the arguments against why they haven't put effort into accessibility. Okay. So like earlier you talked about some of the functionality of the plugin around like I'm in the back end of admin, I'm entering poster page content. It's telling me if I'm doing a good job or not, what the problems are. Are you also scanning, you know, the header sidebar and footer areas? Uh, you kind of mentioned some of the list issues and things like menus and, and the way folks will approach that. Uh, does the plugin also scan for that or is it only post and page content? Um, so it does do the entire page, um, header, footer, sidebar, all of it. Uh, the free version of our plugin will do posts and pages, but if you have custom post types or things like that, you need to have the pro version. Um, one of the neat features that we built into the pro version, which really helped it, like we built this mostly for ourselves, but, but I think we've been getting some really positive feedback on it is what we call our fast track feature. And what that does is it, you can scan the entire site in bulk and then it will group by code snippet. So if there's a unique code snippet where there's an error and then it will tell you how many pages this code snippet shows up on and then how many errors or warnings have been flagged related to that code snippet and then you can see specifically what they are. But that's a way too to sort of move more quickly rather than having to go page by page. You could go there and see this is something that's on all 50 pages of my website. I should fix this first to help improve my entire website rather than just looking at something that's in a content area that only is going to help one page. Do you, with the scanning part, so the, like the live post analysis I get, right? I'm making content. You're going to tell me if it's good or not. But like when you're scanning the whole site, do you recommend that folks run that in a staging instance or have you found many performance hits for run, running in a production, the scanning part in particular? Uh, no, actually we, you can run that on a live site. We, you can either choose to have it never run and only run it when you want to run it, or you could set them up for either um, weekly or monthly, which really only makes sense if you're changing content a lot or weekly might make sense if you're pushing a lot of fixes. Um, but we actually use the same, uh, WooCommerce has a action scheduler that is available and other plugins can package it in as well. So we're using that, which comes from the automatic team and we are able to then really space it out so that it doesn't take hits. And we've done a lot of testing where we've bought very inexpensive hosting plans and put a website that we're like, this has 5,000 posts on it. <laughs> Let's run it and see what happens. So I, I, I'm actually pretty comfortable with, like we've gotten into a point where we haven't heard from anyone that there are performance issues. Oh, good. That's good to know. Yeah, I know. Like I tend to run the scanners on like a staging instance just to not, you know, worry about it. Um, but I know if they're written efficiently, it's it's not an issue. So thank you for clarifying that. Um, and you'd mentioned that custom post types were like a, a key difference there between the pro and free versions. Um, just really, really quickly, are there any other key differences? 
Yeah, the we have admin columns in our pro version. So if you're looking at a high level and you want to just go to your pages screen, for example, you can see by looking at every page just there, how many errors, warnings, contrast errors, ignored items, there are overall score. Um, also in the pro version, we have an open issues where you can see literally every open issue on every page and you can sort and filter them or look at them in bulk. I mentioned the fast track feature, which groups co by code snippet. And then um, we also have an ignore log and some more detailed um, user role restrictions where you can say who's allowed to ignore. So maybe you don't want your, uh, your contributors to be able to ignore an accessibility issue, you want someone else on your team who has a higher level that actually understands accessibility to come in and say, oh, yep, this is actually a false positive. We're gonna Ooh, I, mark I it I love that fidelity yeah. and control. That's, that's really great uh, set there. Well, Amber, I wish we had more time to deep dive here, but we are at time, but I wanted to, to wrap up here by thanking you for joining us today. Yeah, thank you. Awesome. If you'd like to learn more about what Amber is up to, you can visit, uh, check out her plugin at wordpress.org forward slash plugins forward slash accessibility dash checker. Um, thanks everyone for listening to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on WMR. Again, this has been your host, David Vogelpohl. I support the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine, and I love to bring the best of the community to you here every week on Press This. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.